Hey baby, baby we, we hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. A doot do 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 a doot do They're calling again. And welcome to We're Not Listening. Of course, that's a Fraser recap podcast and poor advice helpline with me, Molly Shea, and, and me, Nick Francomano. Today, I'm going to be introducing the podcast because hashtag girl power and, you know, we're going to ease in. We're going to ease in. And you're doing a bang up job for the sisterhood, Molly. We salute you. Thank you. I mean, what better way to really show off feminism by uh, doing a podcast about cis white men? It's, uh, <laughs> it's hardly my place to say. That's right. I'm an ally to all you gals out there giving it the old college try. And yes, I do believe that you should be allowed to go to college, even though it seems to have made you all so miserable. <laughs> <laughs> I can attest to that with the two degrees of misery. Um, so before we dive right into the episode, we do have a little bit of a corrections corner. That is right. We have a lot of... Uh, factual errors to address from last week's episode i'd like to start off with a sincere well, apology to the people at fondazione prada oh yes whom i mistakenly implied to be headquartered in the masterpiece of fascist architecture the palazzo della civiltà italiana in fact that is fendi that is fendi who are in the mussolini building so if you listen to last week's episode just try to imagine all the jokes where i'm saying prada in fact i should be saying Fendi. So you got the wrong fascists. I got the wrong fashion fascists, yes. Fashion fascists. I mean, I guess they should just stop having so many fashion fascists to begin with. Uh, well, I mean, Hugo Boss, Fendi, you know, where are you going to go? What are you going to wear? Guess, Trash bag? Terrible. <sighs> Think Balenciaga, you know, doesn't have a little uh, sympathies? And Well, and then my faux pas, I feel really embarrassed about not realizing that Martha Paxson was actually acclaimed performance artist, Rachel Rosenthal. R.I.P. Rachel Rosenthal, who portrayed Martha Paxton, a glaring oversight on our part. And I'd also like to apologize for giving you the mistaken impression that Firefly star Alan Tudyk is from Great Britain, when in fact he is from San Antonio, Texas. Hook of horns. Was, I a little bit weird i didn't think he was british i thought he was british because he's a good actor and he's got a long face yeah well he's very you know i don't know the origin of the surname tudyk maybe it's hungarian they have a lot of hungarian people in texas for better or worse right but um well i feel really bad about the rachel rosenthal thing because as a los angelino performance artist i thought i knew all of them was rachel rosenthal from los angeles i know two strikes against oh me. my gosh well i guess she had to have been on hand to to appear in the episode they don't actually make these in seattle well they make them right here in the city of angels they don't oh my gosh <laughs> i know that's just a little movie magic and but i thought it was like kind of endearing that they decided to go for someone so weird like they could have got like a crappy painter from the era and they went hard with performance artist rachel rosenthal okay well this is now pure speculation what I'm engaging in here, this is we're we're entering into the realm of pure, unfounded speculation. But I suspect, suspect heavily that you know, it was some kind of deal. Either they got a, I guess she was a performance artist, so they couldn't get a deal like on her painting. 
but like maybe one of the guys on the show was, you know, stooping someone from her gallery or something like that. Well, you know, a personal her husband connection. was a like kind of hack actor. Oh, so maybe, maybe it was not such a hard find. Is the husband still alive? Are we going to have to do an apology at the beginning of next week's show, apologizing he to him? Might like, be what? alive. I mean, he could have you know Golden Globes for all we know at this point. I I looked his at his IMDb and it didn't really track as anything that important. Hmm. I mean, make a bit roles here and there, but well, hey, work is work, and there's I mean, no such thing. Healthy, yeah. healthy IMDb, just nothing to remember. Mm. Well, you know, for some people, they like that. You know, the fame gets to some people. It drives them crazy. Honestly, my goal in life would be to be a car um, insurance spokesperson. That's the level of fame that I want. Oh, like Flo, you mean? Yeah, or the one with the big titties. What's her name? <laughs> oh, wait, she's AT&T. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's for cell phones. Uh, I'll take that campaign, too. Milana Vaintrube, and she's actually from Uzbekistan. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I want that level of fame. That's all. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, I guess if you if you follow her Instagram stories as assiduously as I do, you would know that it's a blessing and a curse. It is. It's a blessing and a curse. I mean, I'm just impressed that she can get a button-up shirt around those things. Well, that's a, that's another little bit of movie magic, I think. <laughs> I think that's a stunt shirt. Do you think that there's, like, vents on the side to strap her in? I think there are fake buttons in the front, and it's held together in the back with ratchet straps. Yeah. <laughs> this is the feminist episode. This is the feminist episode. <laughs> this is feminist ally Nick Francomano speaking, wishing Milana Vaintrube all the best. I mean, I'm glad that you know her name and the correct pronunciation of it. I, I don't know that that's the correct pronunciation, but that's that's how it's spelled. Well, I guess you'll find out if, you know, she, she hears our podcast. Uh, I can only <laughs> hope. I can only hope. Milana, this one's for you. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was pretty sad watching her TikTok lives. Uh being upset with all of her feedback okay see here i assumed because you wanted to do like a feminist thing at the start of this episode and introduce the episode right and i'm fine with that i think that i I was joking around you know i think the ladies should really go for it out there but now you're telling me that you watched her tiktoks where she was in tears about the uh, you know incredible amount of sexist harassment that she's faced (laughs) and you're over there you're laughing about it well, you're I, like I, Joker over here. I know, I'm I'm, feeling, I'm Robert De Niro I, and you're Joker. I'm you're and you're both laughing. Sides of her pain. You think it's funny? I think it's a little funny. Oh my god! Just All because, right. just because it's Molly who thinks it's funny. Everybody out there who thinks this is some kind of sexist podcast, now you know. You know the the, the wellspring of that great evil. It's not over here. It's not in in handsome ally Nick. Oh, it's totally in me. I'm definitely the evil one that no one knows it. Yeah, that's probably why I don't, everybody's going to introduce the podcast. Everybody's going to know now. Yeah, because you one. you're going to come out and make her <laughs> cry on Instagram again. Oh no, I'm not going to make her cry on Instagram. I'm actually saying that I'm joking about it, but it was kind of sad to watch. Yeah, backpedal. That's what you're doing right now. You're you're no. you're throwing that bicycle in reverse, and you are backpedaling. Yeah, I'm not going to touch that one anymore i promise that this is a podcast about the tv sitcom frazier yeah okay so now we should go into it 
Uh, this episode's called Call Me Irresponsible. Call Me Irresponsible. And this is a good one because it's about Frazier's irresponsible lust for a woman that he can't have. And it's about people who call in to his radio show. So it's, you know, it's wordplay. Yeah, very yeah. clever. Very clever stuff. <laughs> and so the episode starts with, uh, they're in the, the studio. And the first caller is Hank, who's having trouble with... His neighbors and Hank is Eddie Van Halen. That's a fun little celebrity cameo from old Hank there. I I mean, it was kind of a not a great first call. I don't even remember how they were. Well, it wasn't it. about anything. It was just a little. It was a little throwaway. There's some throwaways in this episode that don't go anywhere and don't pay off. But that one had the guy from Van Halen in it. That's fun. And then the second one, second call is when really the plot is introduced to the this show. This is when we get things into gear. The second caller is Bruno Kirby in the role of Marco. Who's Bruno Kirby? Bruno Kirby is, he doesn't sound like, he always plays like short, angry Italian gangster guys. I don't know if oh. he's in any of the Godfather movies, but I think he is. He should be. He should be if he's not. He's He, he might be in some Scorsese's as well. You know, he's one of those guys. Got it. And I think he might be a stand-up comedian. He's like Severio Guerra, but more famous. Yeah, I know. I can't even track this guy's face, which is good because he's a caller. But... He's got a great face, actually. But he does. Uh... You know, he's got a distinctive voice and a solidarity between us, distinctive voiced fellows. <laughs> so Marco's main issue is is that he's got a. A girlfriend who is seeming to want a little bit more commitment, but he just doesn't really know if he wants to give that to her. I love this scene because, yeah, Marco, he's afraid of commitment, and he says, I'm only with this girl in case something better comes along. So he's getting ready to do a little... A little rock climbing, so to speak. You know, you don't yeah. you don't let go of one handhold until you got it in another. Uh, and Frazier... Goes off on him. Yeah. Frazier gets up out of his chair. He's shouting at this guy down the microphone. How dare you? He's absolutely indignant. And I think this is kind of Frazier at his best because he doesn't realize, you know, it's Frazier's righteous indignation before he realizes his own glaring and incredible character flaws. Well, and that's the funniest thing about this caller is like Frazier gets so mad about this guy's commitment issues. But, like, big spoiler alert. Yeah, Frazier never settles down. <laughs> Frazier's about to pull the rug out from under this girl. And within the next 22 minutes, it's going to get ugly. And then and here's my other here's this is what I love about this scene is then Frazier, they hang up with Marco. Frazier looks over to Roz and Frazier goes, Roz, you've been around the block a few times. <laughs> I know. And this is, you know, oh, a recurring rude. theme in the show is that, you know, yeah, Roz has got some miles on her, city miles. Um, and then he he uh, he refers to her as hopeless, loveless spinsterhood. Yes. Oh, well, but Roz, here's what Roz is saying is that I've seen the future and its name is Marco. She's saying that this is how all men are already by 1993. And I think really what they're talking about in this scene has only gotten a million times worse. Where if you look at the rates of you know people getting married, the average age that people get married at, the fertility rate everything we're ba we're in a loneliness crisis we're approaching the levels of like japan in the 1990s in terms of people being unable to form relationships with one another yeah. so the show really had its finger on the pulse there knowingly or not I, I think they really i think you know obviously a lot of 
kind of macroeconomic factors play into this, but there's definitely, at a certain level, it relates to personal failings on all of our parts that this episode dissects Are you okay, quite Nick? incisively. No, no one's okay. <laughs> That's my point, is that literally no I one is okay. I listened to a, a John Ronson uh, Audible original, mm-hmm. and it was all about um, like pornography and Pornhub and like how that, I guess, economic system was set up. And basically, he did a bunch of research and found out that because of porn's access, I guess a lot of men are having erectile dysfunction earlier. Younger and younger. Absolutely. Well, I mean, the pornography addiction thing has so many consequences that it's, you know, people are don't want to talk about it because it's become like a meme that, you know, being addicted to masturbation is supposed to be like a healthy and empowering thing. <laughs> um <laughs> And, you know, who are we to judge, right? Yeah, but it's, it's been a fun pandemic, here's, huh? Here's, <laughs> well, even before the pandemic, yeah. this was a problem. But this is one of the ways that the pandemic has been such a godsend to the people who rule over us. Um, because finally all of those uh, all of those sex dolls the are last, really getting pushed out. The last few people who were getting laid are now not. <laughs> They got the last they got the last few of them who were actually getting any. They got them inside. And I mean the way I mean look at the economics of this is now I'm going off on a tangent. Uh, and I'm yeah. going I'm going to go. I'm well, going. I'm already running here. Okay. I got the wind in my sails. All right. Uh the way this pornography thing works, all of the porn that's ever been made, you can get for free online. So how is anyone making any money off this? The idea is that there's you give it to everyone in the world for free and on the assumption that a tiny minority of them will become so addicted to it that they subsidize the entire industry. And God love them. <laughs> kidding. Well, no, I mean, look, if you're of the opinion, if you're, you know, if you're, if you're porn positive or whatever, if you're going to give your TED talk about how actually porn is good for you, um, then yes, God love them. But well, you I know, mean, if they're paying for the whole industry, I think the thing that was if sad you're like about me it, and you think that the punishment for masturbation should be public hanging, then <laughs> you know it's bad news. Well, it's always like to see a well hung man. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We're coming for you, jerk off artists. No, um, but like, I feel like the the thing that was interesting about it was is that like you hear from the pornographers that have been in the business for a long time mm-hmm. and they're furious at these like net moguls who have made it free because now they'll do like seven or eight shoots in like two weeks and make less money make almost nothing yeah yeah i mean well that's kind of how our entire society is is that it's a great big hamster wheel and, and nobody's winning the game yeah yeah i'm just doing the jerk off motion in the wind right mm-hmm. now so getting back on track um basically Frazier makes fun of Roz once again uh for her I guess hopeless loveless spinsterhood which used to be rare but is now quite common. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, welcome to the future. <laughs> the future is uh uh loveless spinsterhood. I want that shirt from uh what is that stupid shop called? Zazzle. No. Cafe Press? No, the like Echo Park one. Oh, who had the future as female shirts? Yeah, I want the future as uh, Loveless Spinsterhood The future is Loveless Spinsterhood? Okay, see again, now that's Molly saying that, not me. I mean, 
you know, I, I don't actually want that. Mm -hmm. um, but then we go to uh, Fraser's apartment and we're kind of introduced to a lovely, whimsical setup of oh, uh, yeah. holiday spirit. Well, this is what I'm talking about because this scene also doesn't go anywhere. But it is funny, but it, it has zero bearing on anything else that happens in the episode. They've set up, it's two months before Christmas. That's the title card. Twas two months before Christmas. And Daphne has got the Christmas tree set up in the living room, the stockings all hung with care, etc. because she wants to take a Christmas card photo with Martin and Fraser and Eddie so that it will be ready in time for Christmas two months later. I've never done this. Have I've you never, done this? No, because you just use a picture from last Christmas. Oh. That's what you... Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, why would you do a stunt Christmas when Christmas happens every year and it's the time of year that you're most likely to but be people photographed? Want, people want to see what an updated version of you looks like. Oh. I, I used to get mail from the wasps that had like, and Daniel's going to. Oh, yeah, where they do the family update letter. My yeah. mom tried to do that one year. I'm really glad she doesn't anymore. I know, because the only time we did a Christmas card was with um, the guinea pig dressed like Jesus in the nativity scene. Obviously, yours had to involve casual blasphemy, but okay. Yeah, so, you know, I never I never did the like portrait style. I'm surprised you didn't, though. Like, you, you just your mom. You just take a picture from the last Christmas. You always, every year, you take a picture with the tree, and then you just use last year's one for the Christmas card I the next year. I think that's cheating, but okay. That's not cheating. If you don't, if you want to do it this way and take out, first off, I don't use fake trees. I never use a fake tree. So this means they went and cut down a freaking tree, and put it in their living room, and then set it up and took a picture, and then they throw that tree out, and then they get another tree for actual Christmas. No, no. No, I, I, that's not me. That's not, this couldn't be me. You don't want to kill two trees in one year. No, that seems a little... I kill decadent. more trees than that in a year, but I don't want to waste them, you know? I've, yeah, so basically uh, Martin's griping because Fraser is napping while they're doing all of this. Yeah, Daphne shares a horrifying story about her great uncle or grandfather or something who napped every day and then he dies in his nap and people still think he's sleeping yeah and delightful i love I, I i feel like daphne will be telling us more and more horrific stories of her childhood that she totally sublimates yeah i mean as bad as life in america is getting you know worse and worse all the time i take some comfort in the fact that it's still worse in england that it's really <laughs> you know england really is i don't think you know, for some reason, how could these people who, you know, ruled three quarters of the surface of the earth, you know, how could the bulk of them really have such pathetic lives? Um, I mean, how could Italians who invented modern day plumbing be so lazy and have no real advancements mm -hmm. in technology for hundreds of years? Uh, okay. First off, <laughs> have you ever heard of the radio? <laughs> who do you think invented that? Who do you think invented the radio? <laughs> Tell me. Who invented the radio? I don't know. Guglielmo Marconi <laughs> invented the radio. Thank you. And, no and, technological advancements. And what have, what have we done with the radio in lately? 1922, <laughs> in 1922, Italy sent a blimp to the North Pole. <laughs> and yes, it crashed, but only after it got there. Only after it got there. Thank you. You're welcome, Amazing. world, of all the great things that we've done for you. So basically, Fraser comes out of his slumber, looks at the Christmas tree, and feels like he's had sort of a Rip Van Winkle. How long? 
<laughs> have I been asleep? He doesn't do the he doesn't do the Planet of the Apes one, but he he hits he hits you with the just yeah. how long have I been asleep? Yeah, and uh, it's it's kind of charming. Uh, little I think it's it might not be plot. The only point of this scene is that they didn't want to have two scenes in the radio station in a row. So they just, they wedged a little pointless vignette in in between because we go right back to the radio station after this. But it is cute. Oh, but here's what I have in my notes is that Frasier looks absolutely terrible in this scene. Frazier is wearing a very unflattering cardigan. He looks like he just woke up from a nap, although who naps in all their clothes? Uh, He looks just awful. And they take the Christmas card that way anyway. Yes. I don't. <laughs> me, I don't get it. I would You're going to go through the trouble. Do that to let him. And he's complaining about putting on a hat when honestly, he probably he should have. have put on a hat. Yeah, his hair, his hair looks god awful. Not great. All right. Back so to back the radio station. M&M's and Sympathy is the name of the next scene. M&M's and Sympathy. So Frazier is signing off from his show. We come back. It's the end of you know the next episode of the show. And. Frazier's sign-off, I, I hope they don't carry this out through the rest of the season or series, because Frazier's sign-off is, go on out there and make it a great evening, Seattle. Blah. Blah. No, terrible. <laughs> is that our sign-off now? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see how we feel. We'll come back to it. Let's see how we feel. Okay. But then, okay, so, like, Roz is kind of like, hey, you've got a fan, like, waiting for you, which seems like a huge security issue. Oh, yeah. Well, Well, you get a look at her, and it's like... Okay, you're the you're the security guard at the radio station, right? And if you get if it's a guy who's like, uh, you know, I hope in, that Frazier's yeah. gonna get some. If it's a guy in a trench coat who's like muttering to himself and pacing around, like you don't let that guy in. But if it's who it is, if it's this, you know, Hottie? stunning woman, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, then of course you let her in because part of your job is to help the talent, you know, get laid. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not saying no to groupies for the podcast? If they came to my house... Well, here's the thing is that... We'll come to this, but this actually should have been a huge red flag for Frazier not to get mixed up with this woman in the first place because this is unstable behavior, what happens. She comes in. We find... Frazier well, goes out to sign it, the I autograph. I don't know if it's unstable. May, I mean... I think that it's actually... I feel like Frazier spouts off a lot of stuff into the world and is not aware of his um power and situations like he doesn't have to take responsibility for a lot of the things he says i detect that this is a veiled critique of someone you may know but we'll just move right on <laughs> uh, i don't think anyone ever listens to your advice though nick so i think we're fine well i hope not the world would be even worse if they did but no. um so Frazier goes out. He's ready to sign her autograph, and she she unloads on him. She call she calls him. You know, you disgust me. Yeah, she lays some some invective on him, and we discover that this is Marco Bruno Kirby's ex girlfriend. Frazier told him to dump her. She got dumped. She's not taking it great. She went down to the radio station to give Frazier a piece of her mind. And I already see. I maybe Frazier deserves it. But then the fact that she goes 180 so quick and is ready to, you know. She does. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Okay. So basically she goes in hot and then Frazier was like, oh, so all of Seattle heard what your ex said except for you. You didn't hear the broadcast. And she's like, no. 
and he says to her, he basically well, yeah, tells he, her that Mark, Marco's yeah, Marco's wins. a scumbag. Yeah, yeah. So, and so she's crying, and I love this weird detail. Like Fraser's like trying to put a folder over the microphone while she's about to get her salty salty tears over like a five thousand dollar radio mic yeah the mic that fraser uses i can't remember the brand and the model of it but it is actually highly collectible now yeah like just among audio heads not among fraser fans and then he buys her some m&ms and they're chatting they're chatting and she by the end of this conversation she's literally eating out of the palm of his hand um, but I, I mean, I feel like they were lamenting about. Oh, they're talking about modern dating and how terrible it is and all this stuff, and they bond over that. But this is like. But okay. who wouldn't want Fraser Crane, man who listens of the people? We're coming. We're coming <laughs> up to this scene, and I am one thousand percent team Niles on this. Is that Fraser should not. Frazier should have seen this coming. If you're if you're a psychiatrist of many years experience, you should recognize when like transference is happening. Oh, I'm team have sex with this lady, Catherine. <laughs> I'm not gonna go on the record and say that I agree with you, but she's so cute. Well, so this woman is a British actress. Her accent work is frankly all over the map, but. We I can forgive it. We can forgive it. Her American accent is a, is a little bit confused, but she was Adam Ant's girlfriend. Remember Adam Ant of Adam and the Ants? Well, um, that was kind of a, I mean, talk about an unhinged start because she's like a 16-year-old girlfriend when he was like. Uh, let's talk about unethical relationships, yeah, the, theme of, the theme of this. Yeah. So, but I think the first time that she was ever on television was Adam Ant was held up at knife point and she punched out the guy with the knife. Yeah, Amanda Donahue, I have a lot of notes about her. She was in Liar Liar, Starship Troopers, and She's um, in the 1988 horror classic Lair of the White Worm with Hugh Grant and Peter Capaldi, who would go on to be Doctor Who. And there is like a intense uh I don't even know if I could say this on the podcast, Appon Stray scene <laughs> in that movie. <laughs> Where she is like the queen of the white she's worm. Also and she's also the first person to have a lesbian kiss on L.A. Law. Truly groundbreaking. And, we salute We salute our heroes. And uh, I found out that she also has a problem with noise musicians. She's dating a DJ who's like 10 years her junior. Amazing. Well, I guess if you start... Being a British celebrity is so bizarre. It's such a weird little parallel universe where... You know, only the people on this wretched little island know who you are, um, <laughs> and you know you're. They they have all these like weird charity Christmas things that they're in and whatever, and all they have their own little talk shows that are so much worse than ours and whatever. Anyway, apologies to all the British people listening, but um, like if you start off as the much younger girlfriend of uh, an older man, it's only right that you complete the circle by yourself going on to have a boy toy. Yeah, I think it I think that's a nice trade-off. And I mean, at least it wasn't an illegal one. Is He's... Kate is Kate Beckinsale English? Yeah. Because I mean, I'm sure Kate Beckinsale had to be with some older men at the beginning of her career, and then she was with Pete Davidson. Oh, completing yeah. the, the circle, circle. completing yeah, the you circle. Have to complete the circle. But in my notes I do have who was this Babo Rama? Oh, that's what Niall says about her. Yeah, we should go on. <laughs> anyway, 
Yeah, Frasier and her bond over liking the same color M&M, which is like, yeah, Frasier should have known that this was stupid. Uh, <laughs> like, come on, Frasier. Like, when you're a psychiatrist, your patients try to sleep with you all the time. Like, that's just part of the terrain. And they and the psychiatrists do it. Psychiatrists are stooping their patients left and right. And some, you know, but still, like, Frasier, you, you got to know. What do you mean? I don't know. You didn't know you didn't know this? No. It's trans it's called transference. It happens I, all I've the time. I only had like female therapists that are pretty mm -hmm. granola-y. Yeah. Well, you know, again, not to engage in like total snobbery here, but you know, not all therapists are psychiatrists. I mean, to be a psychiatrist, you have to be a medical doctor. Right. Which is much more attractive in general. And also, you know, whether or not therapy works or does anything. At least if you keel over and have a heart attack in your psychiatrist's office, they might be able to save your life. Right, right. Your therapist, what is your therapist going to do? Um, cry about it. Um, yeah. Their therapist, your therapist is going to go talk to their therapist about it, and their therapist is going to go talk to their therapist about it. <laughs> and, and like, we have a lot of therapist listeners on our podcast, and you know, fine job you're doing. I'm sorry that Don't you have uh, an inferior product to medicine and religion, oh, but whatever. God. <laughs> So, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't think I, I've never had the therapy thing, but I've also, the only male therapist I saw looked like Nosferatu. Mm. I remember when I was in college, I went, you know, I was, I was in crisis and I was looking for a therapist and I met with this guy, you know, when I was still looking, shopping around and the guy had the worst hair plugs that I've ever seen. He, they Did he had soft eyes and no, they were like, <laughs> it looked like a farmer's field. I mean, they were like sheaves of little black wheat coming Ooh. out of this guy's head. And okay. I was thinking like, you so know, he was just starting his, he was starting in the farm. My problems, right, are not that serious, but I'm not going to trust my problems to a guy who can't even deal with the very normal problem of going bald. Hmm. Like if this guy can't even come to accept this normal part of life, what is he going to do for me? Mm, I don't know. And I went and found some hippie woman. Yeah. 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 I mean, probably better. Subaru driver. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely Subaru driver. are the best therapists. So basically, Frazier goes pretty hard into this new relationship. Yes. Another, another sign that it is insane he, and wrong. He's <laughs> with her for three days and they've gone out every day. Every day for three days. Um, well, this was before texting, too, you know? Uh, yeah. So I guess, what, I mean, do you, what do you do? But uh, I don't know. Like, uh, it should be a sign. This woman who was just <laughs> in a relationship for two years with scumbag Marco is now charging full steam ahead into being your GF. I mean, come on. That's, that's I mean, a red flag. This is also the best kind of revenge, though. Um, I guess. Well, it comes up that, you know, that Marco can't handle it. Anyway, we go to Cafe Nervosa. Frazier and Kate, Catherine, are in Cafe Nervosa, and he's saying all kinds of corny puns. There's a lot of puns in this episode. So much so that the whole, like, cafe groans at him. Yeah, I thought that was a little a little too corny. Like, oh, yeah, everyone in the cafe is just listening to Frazier, but whatever. Um, but then Niles comes in. And starts coming out, and then Niles tells Frazier the absolute gospel truth 
that this is a mistake and he should not be getting mixed up with one of his patient's ex-girlfriends. Frazier denies that Marco could even be considered his patient because he's a radio caller. And Niles lets Frazier know that he is rationalizing, that this is a, a rather weak rationalization. And we go on. We find out Frazier and Niles have a little fight. Frazier says, I don't need you for anything, Niles. But then he says, I need you to give me a ride home from the station later tonight. Yeah. My favorite thing is that he says is, I'm in love and I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I'm in love three days later with some woman who literally just wandered in off the street, whom you know is coming out of a bad situation. And, and yeah, okay. If you haven't seen the episode yet, watch it and you'll see why Frazier is yeah, doing, you I know, mean, I kinda... <laughs> you'll see what, you know, this... what a smokestack. What's... She could turn me. My God. What's going on. <laughs> what's going on with Catherine. What's going on with Amanda Dono is that she is, as Niles puts it, a babo-rama. Um, so that, I mean, that, you know, that smooths out a number of, of mean, sins. Welcome but... to the, the feminist podcast. <laughs> But no, I feel like the blinders are on quite heavy for, for this oh whole situation. Oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, the babe blinders. Yeah. So we go back. The next scene, Frazier goes back into the station. He's doing his show. And who should be on the line? None other than Marco. Our friend Marco. Bruno Kirby. He knows. And this is another. This is where I feel like I've I've definitely harped on Roz. Uh, for some, you know, what I consider bad moves she's made as a producer in other episodes. But in this case, she overrides Frazier. Frazier does not want to talk to Marco, and Roz just drops every other caller on the board so that Frazier has to I talk to him. That's how I know that Roz is a good producer. Yeah, that is how you get live radio gold. Yes. And in a way, I think it's kind of revenge for Frazier calling her a, a hopeless, forlorn spinster yeah, in the first he scene. he deserves it completely. Well, yeah, and I think to Frazier's credit, he kind of he sees he sees the light by the end of this episode, but um, still. Yeah, I mean, like, I also just googled Bruno Kirby. Are you uh, looking at Bruno Kirby? Yeah, right now? yeah. What a cutie! He's got like you. A... You like Bruno Kirby? Yeah. Okay. I mean, this is Bruno Kirby, right? Yeah, that's young Bruno Kirby. He's got yeah. kind of a cute little mustache, but he still basically looks exactly like that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna date him. He's not my therapist, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So Marco calls in, and we see that Niles is listening to the show. Niles is back in his fresh S-class bands, listening to the show on the way to the station to pick up Frazier, and you know he's reacting in horror. As Frazier, well, okay, Marco, we find out. Marco knows that Catherine has moved on yeah. already. And Frazier fully he, endorses yeah. her moving on. Well, because Frazier, because Marco and Catherine broke up in the timeline of this episode four days ago. Yeah. Yeah, like, okay. Um, and But Marco. And absence makes the heart go fond. Marco's also doing some weird stuff here. Let's not act like Marco's beyond blame. No, Marco's Marco a real sucks. scumbag. Yeah. But we find out that he just drove past her house to see what's going on. He tried to call her. He couldn't get through. <laughs> he drove past her house and he saw that she was talking to a man in a black BMW. Ooh, Who could it be? Who could it be? Also, fun note, Frazier's BMW is in the shop in this episode, which is a very accurate representation of BMW ownership. <laughs> um, 
Those cars are shop Make, queens. Makes me wonder what had happened in the day and a half between dropping her off at her house and needing to have it. Whatever it is, it's going to be at least fifteen hundred dollars. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sorry, that's my little dig so, at the boys in Bavaria. So basically, Niles is kind of trying to have a come to Jesus moment with Fraser, and he's like, "Well, how does your stomach feel, Fraser?" Because oh yeah, Niles. Is, oh yeah. Well, first, Fraser has told Marco to move to Pittsburgh. He's like, "Marco, you should do what I did after my wife left me. You should leave town forever." <laughs> and that's Niles. And Great Niles advice. and Roz both go agape. What? At yeah. this. And then in the next scene, we see Also, Niles is this the first time Niles has listened to the show? You know, I've had a radio show for 10 years, and none of my friends listen to it, so I sympathize. I mean, you have hard hours. When I was a working girl, I used to listen to you. Mm-hmm. Right. Anyway. But, <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, now in the pandemic, when there's nothing going on, and there's nothing going on. You I could listen still... online. I send them to you online. You don't listen to them. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> That's neither here nor there. Um, so, and I thought this was a kind of a tricky bit of editing, too, that they were doing. Because, like, Fraser's kind of going on his tirade. And you're seeing Roz's reaction, which is like, rah! And then you see Niles's reaction. And, yeah, they're both agape. Just so ashamed of Fraser. Well, because Fraser has really gone off the deep end. Like, before this, if Marco had never called back in... The, it, you know, he could have kept dating this woman, probably. Yeah. But because he went on the air... Like, that's pretty not, you know, that's crazy. That's a weird move. And I think that it, it's kind of, you kind of get a glimpse into the young Frasier brothers' uh, history when both of them have, like, nervous tics whenever oh, they yeah. do anything unethical. They reveal that neither of them can breach their ethical codes because when Frasier does it, he gets sick to his stomach, and when Niles does it, he gets a nosebleed, which is also how we found out Niles got the S-Class because one of his patients is a Mercedes dealer and gave him a great deal on it. So he starts getting a nosebleed in the car when he tells him. I thought that was, that was funny. Really that, good. Was, that was cute stuff. That was, that's not as bad as, uh, you know, having sex with a vulnerable woman. But, you know, still. I mean. Oh, I, I, dear <laughs> listeners, I wish that you could have seen Molly's face as I said that. I wish you could have seen Molly's face as I said that. All of you people sitting out there, you think, oh, Nick is this terrible sexist. He has such old-fashioned reactionary views. Oh, but look at, you know, you know, look at, look into, uh, you know, don't, don't look over here, all right? Yeah, I think that uh, what was going through my mind is... Uh, if, is it? If, is it? She wondered. If people... <laughs> If people didn't have sex with vulnerable women, I'd never get laid. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. We're not listening. Getting raw. Okay. Oh, God. Anyway, um, let's see. So Yeah, where were we? Where are we? <laughs> All will be revealed Ooh. on this episode. Um, so, basically... Do we go back to his house? Because he's going to finally have dinner for her? Uh, yes. This title, the title card on the next scene, the obligatory sex scene. A little bit of a mislead there. Frazier has just made some sort of ludicrous salmon dish, letting you know that it's the 1990s for dinner for them. Yeah. And then 
Frazier's taking, he's punning hard. He's, they have uh, Chateau Lafitte wine. He says, Lafitte, don't fail me now. Ooh, <laughs> not cool. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the wine pun. Yeah, if, if you let out a wine pun and she still wants to sleep with you, it's because she has a psychological problem I mean, that you should not I be. I feel t- attacked. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like it was, I, and then he also sent Daphne and Martin to the movies. Yeah, he got he got the house to himself for a little <laughs> alone time. So she comes in, she propositions him. She's like, "Have you ever made love in a kitchen, Frazier?" And <laughs> <laughs> they start. That's how she talks. Her accent, you know, could use a little. Amanda, if you're listening, I love you. Uh, <laughs> they start fooling around on the kitchen floor. Frazier has to stop. He's feeling queasy. They, uh, uh, we got to talk about what she's wearing in this scene. She's wearing a sex a le- outfit. A leather she's wearing a, miniskirt. Yeah, she's wearing nylons, black nylons, a leather, very tight, leather skirt, a leather vest, and like a, a poofy blouse. And she's got, we see, she's got like intense lingerie on underneath. Yeah, and yeah. she also has, um, did you ever see the blank check? The blank check, the movie where the kid buys a house, the kid gets a check for a million dollars and then he buys way more than a million dollars worth of stuff. Yeah. 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 Uh, I call it the blank chair check haircut where it's like kind of floppy. Oh, yeah. She had, well, thing. a lot of British women can pull off that haircut. I can't. No. Oh, I mean, um, my attraction to her is so real because she just looks like a British man. <laughs> <laughs> She has kind of, she has almost like a PQ Grant haircut. Yeah, it's true. It's fo- floppy, and floppy. She's got hair. a floppy, she's got a floppy hue. Yeah. And so, um, this is kind of the first time you really get a good idea of Fraser's virility, though. Um, he like takes off a couple of those buttons and the the beast is un- unveiled. Well, Fraser is, unlike in every other scene in this episode, Fraser is sucking it in hard in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> And so I thought it was funny because then, um, then he like tries to he tries to get yeah, force together. the queens back down. They move it to the living room. They have the, a very funny gag they where f- they fall onto Martin's chair and the chair starts vibrating under them. And then he basically says he doesn't want to be like upstaged by Martin, performed by a barca lounger. <laughs> yeah, which is which is funny. Which is a funny line. They move to the sofa. They, they keep trying it out, and Fraser just has to stop. He goes over to the. He goes dramatically over to the balcony with his shirt half open and opens the door to the rain, rainy Seattle skyline. Yeah. And he's like, I just, you know, I'm so queasy. And she's like, are you telling me that the thought of making love to me makes you sick to your stomach, Frazier? And she's, this is so funny. He says, yes, but don't take it personally. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like... Uh, Catherine goes hard after that because then she's like, "You've never wanted to do it on an Eames chair, or oh yeah. no, it does he say that?" Well, yeah, she Fraser's saying like, "I can't," you know. He explains the ethical position that he's in and why he can't do it. He says, "If you know, if this were anything else, I would be showing you why the Eames original is the best engineered chair in the world." Woo! Which is like, okay, <laughs> Fraser is uh, the technical term for that is fornophilia. He's got a furniture fetish. I mean, you know, what a safe marriage, those people who marry, you know, objects. Oh, like the lady who married the Berlin Wall and they murdered her husband? Terrible. Whoa, I didn't know about that. <laughs> they made a whole TV documentary about her. Uh, she she moved on. She married a car afterwards. That's cute. Yeah. Um, 
a little bit more mobility there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, you got to watch the tailpipe. It gets too hot. Boom! Zingarino. So, Fraser's just, like, basically, like, expressing that he's, of course, sexually interested in her, but it is ethically not okay. And, I, I mean, talk about such a queen of toxicity. I love her because she's just like, and? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, look, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. If a woman's ready to go and you, you know, you, you pull the rug out from under her, it's going to get ugly. She's going to say some vicious stuff to you. So this was Ooh. honestly pretty light compared to things that people have said to you now. <clears throat> You know, uh, <laughs> things that I read about in, uh, in books. Um, Esquire magazine. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> but Yikes. yeah, no, like if you, I mean, you know, this this is when the claws come out. And this is me, male feminist ally, Nick, saying this. But the claws, the claws can be sharp. The claws can be sharp. Well, I feel like uh, she left classily enough because she just basically said that the fish was dry and slammed yeah. the door. Oh, well, she gets into some like hilarious like 90s TV sex talk and she's like saying like steamy hot crazy sex like you've never had in your life before right. illegal in 48 states sex which I believe that actually the last state to decriminalize sodomy was Louisiana in 1996 so you know is that what you think it is really illegal only well it look if you're talking about sex between two consenting adults that would be illegal in any of the states of the union it would have to be sodomy Okay. Sorry. Well, listen, we like, have a lot of lawyers who listen to this show. They can confirm right in next week. And if I'm wrong, we'll, you know, we'll change. We'll, we'll issue another correction. I apologize to well, Prada. I, mean, I can apologize to Sodomites. The, we already know from the, the theme song that he likes being pegged. So, like, you know, that's probably what's going to go he down. He says, baby, I've got you pegged. Oh. Not, yeah. yeah anyway. Okay. Well, still. Anyway. She so. seems much more like the strap on kind of lady. She literally does in Lair of the White Worm. It's, so, I mean, it's like, it's a lot. It's, yeah. uh, I mean, I can see it. That's she gives all. him the White Worm. The oh. only way to break the spell is to play bagpipe music. It's very, it's a great movie. I highly recommend Lair of the White Worm. Uh, and that's like the end of one of Fraser's first relationships on the show. I know, and that's the whole end of the episode. There's really no resolution. She leaves, and then Fraser sits on the sofa or sits in the Eames chair. Blue ball supreme, and Eddie comes over and you know gives him a little knowing look. Eddie the dog. Yeah, and then it's just like a montage of Christmas. Yeah, they so. roll the credits over all the takes of their so, Christmas card. Okay, photo. okay, I have some, I've got some, some things to unpack here with this episode. Lay it on him. Okay, so do you think she got back with Marco? No. You don't. No. Not even for some like one night, whatever. No, because, well, if she did, if she goes back with Marco for one night, then they're going to get married. That's yeah, how, that's, that's how, that, how, it that's is, how yeah. that relationship is going. Um, but no, I don't think, I don't think so. I want to believe she's out there doing better. Because I think, Niles. you know, <laughs> yeah, well, you know. No, not, she's not Niles. Niles only has eyes for Daphne. Only for the moon. Yeah. And then, um, I... My other thing I was going to say is, do you classify her as the same type of woman that Lilith is? Is she a Lilith type? Kind of. I mean, physically anyway. Yeah. Physically, yeah. Kind of like got a little bit of a a baddie. You know, I think Lilith is probably 
even crazier, obviously, because she's a psychiatrist, and all psychiatrists are really twisted. Right. I mean, the entire point of being a psychiatrist is, as Niles points out in the coffee shop scene, just to rationalize all of your own problems and do whatever you want and make other people suffer and say that you're the healthy one. But... Um, and this episode is brought to you by the Church of Scientology. Um, <laughs> and feminism. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's a great religion for the gals. Well, like, I, I feel like Lilith is actually probably more emotionally tender, even though she talks like this. She's got a harder shell. Reserved. Yeah. And then this lady seems like a kind of like she's a boss. soft on the outside but she's got a, a hard core she's got a lead weight right in the middle yeah, yeah 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 well anyway let's move on that's the episode let's see what do we have in our reader mailbag well, this week there's one more thing i want to talk oh, please, about amanda please. excuse me amanda the actress i forgot to add this little tidbit um but i got this from her wikipedia page Amanda's long-term boyfriend, Russell Haswell, a sound artist, nine years her junior. Oh, my God. They met at a party held by artist Tracy Emin. No! <laughs> Isn't that tight? That's great. <laughs> I guess that's what it's like to be a British celebrity, though. Yeah. That's the kind of party you're going to. And, like, it's Tracy Emin's party, and then, like, Prince Philip is there being, you know, pretty racist, but it's still, you know, it's a fun party. And apparently she, uh, she used to party with Robert De Niro, too. Amazing. Yeah, she's cool. Amazing. All right, so we only have one thing in the mailbag. Well, lay it on us, Molly. Let's see what. Let's see if we can't help this poor lost soul. Fortunately, it's problematic enough. It might may take some time. Oh my god. Okay, ready? It's... And I got this from in our mailbag. This went to our email address. We're not listening podcast at gmail.com. Amazing. And if you want to have your quandary featured on the show, you can follow us on Instagram at not listening podcast or hop on to reddit.com. Oh, God. Where we are, you not listening podcast. I think this one is, I, I'm pretending that I don't know what it's going to be, but I, I think this one is a Reddit one. Yeah, just this based is, off the content. This is a Reddit one for sure. Reddit this is a very high Reddit quotient. <laughs> Hey, oh, Molly and Nick, how you goobers doing? Doing good. <laughs> I'm a 24 part time college student at USC working at a restaurant near campus. Go Trojans. This new chick that started working here when outdoor dining reopened has been a real flirt towards me. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> I just see about all the signs. And then here are a list of signs. Number one. She constantly tells me how delicious I smell. Okay. Number two, she tells me how badly she wants to play with my hair. No. <laughs> mm, don't like where this is going, do I? <laughs> Number three, and this is like some real hot COVID uh, like attraction thing here. Um, one time she took a drink that I was testing and rotated it to the part where my mouth was and drank from it. <laughs> For some reason, I found that hot. Everything about her is hot, to tell you the truth. Incredible figure, very smart, and glasses that make her look even sexier oh with God. her pinned up hair. Where? Okay, now where are we going with this? <laughs> now hit us, hit us with the punchline here, Molly. <laughs> uh... Here's the thing. There's one big problem. This is a game changer. She's 17. 
Okay. We got off around the same time a couple of weeks ago trying to do the gentlemanly thing. I asked her if she needed a ride home. No. She politely no. declined and stated that her sister was going to pick her up, saying she did not want to use me like that. She also said she didn't want to get used to the rides and come to expect them, which I find understandable. However, she kept she asked me to keep her company while she waited for her sister. I thought about telling her how I feel, but I thought that could be weird given our age difference. Okay. My question to you guys, should I tell her how I feel? It is the age of the pandemic, so dating has been kind of hard for everyone. Okay. Any advice is much appreciated. First off, you can't see this because you're just listening to a podcast, but I am over here Googling the non-emergency number for the local <laughs> FBI office. <laughs> Second off, okay, 24 to 17, by the standards of all human history, is not the worst thing I've ever heard. I mean, no. there's, there's 50-year-old men in Yemen marrying nine-year-olds right now. And... <laughs> Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, sorry. I, um, I'm just making a sad face. Today. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, you know, I have got to say what you should do is leave town. Never talk to this girl again. <laughs> Quit. <laughs> okay. Like maybe she may. Okay. I'm not going to lie. It sounds like, you know, this is, this is in your head. You know, this sounds like. All this stuff is stuff that you could have just made up. Maybe she really did do all this stuff to flirt with you, but there's nothing in there that, that you couldn't have made up. I think and, that also, uh, we're like, talking about, because we're in yeah. the pandemic, you really got to like rein it in, man. Also, you're at USC, right? You already so, have a bad reputation, well, USC also, Trojans. Also, yeah, that's one thing. This girl also probably has a wealthy, vindictive father who will jam you up for the rest of your life yeah. if you do the wrong thing here you gotta you i mean for you know purely practical reasons you gotta steer clear for you know moral ethical and legal reasons you gotta steer clear and just it sounds also, there's like some real reddit language that i want to point out as the feminist of the show as that the incel on the show <laughs> that i really think is you need to kind of watch out for like this trying to do the gentlemanly thing remember like last week when someone was just happened to be watching out of their window oh yeah this is like some real watching in wisconsin yeah this is this is uh you gotta this is the gentlemanly i mean oh 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 i just time traveled i remember when i was 17 and working with somebody who is like a gentleman to you yeah he did give me a ride home oh my god um and was mm, like 28 30 i don't know that's I, worse than 24 but still yes. 24 is not great no no and he should not have given me a ride home no and you should not give this girl a ride home yeah listening out there yeah i would have not have been prepared to have made out with my barnes noble employee and so you should not take advantage of this 17 year old girl no you should uh you should you should take a cold shower yeah let, yeah. Her, let her go to college for a year at least well okay molly okay no i mean like honestly like she's probably like bored in the pandemic too and you know yeah. you're the only only source of male attention anywhere around right now yeah i mean this is like if you're like uh you know they she may very well be flirting with you right she could be flirting with him 100%, that's still but still don't still take don't the do it still don't do it because you know 
we've determined as a society that she's not legally responsible for that kind of thing for another year. Well, and also, also just she, like it sounds like yeah. she's like like oh man I have to hang out here and wait for my sister so I might as well just like talk to this weirdo that I work with while I wait yeah versus like actually wanting to go on a date or do anything with them yeah I so feel like you gotta, all, all signs point to no but, s- but she's like still wants to have fun at work yeah this is a Jim and Pam situation where they don't get married yeah yeah no. sorry or, and like they just shouldn't they shouldn't have gotten married on the show. The show was no. terrible after they got married. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yes. So my advice, and I think Molly and I are on the same page. 100%. 100%. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Possibly, if you can't stop thinking about doing it, you know, I know it's tough out there. Get a new job. Move to a new town. Transfer or, different know, schools. Guess what? Yeah. How old is her sister? How old is whose sister? Oh, this girl? Just think. <laughs> what if the sister's even younger? Come no, on. No, no, no. Yeah. But, you know, like, I feel... See, in Yemen, you could just marry both of them. <laughs> oh, God. No matter how old they were. No, I don't want to bring it into Yemen, but... Yeah. I'm just, uh, you know... Yeah, I... Look, f- there's plenty of countries where you could marry a child. Uh, Yemen is just the first one that nah. came to mind. But I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of, like... Hey, she came on to me, man. Oh like my in God. this letter that I really can't. Absolutely. Hang with. I feel like there are jail cells all across this great country where there are people saying, Hey, she came on to me oh, in them. Yeah. And uh, you know, I'm gonna say that most of those guys belong in those cells and should possibly be hanged as masturbators. <laughs> you mean they belong in those incels? <laughs> <laughs> Bazing, bazoom. Yeah. I'm so glad we have Reddit followers now, Nick. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Listen, you know, honestly, Reddit Reddit is just scratching the surface of how bad things get on the internet. No, I know. Um, what if we had 4chan followers instead? I who, guess it could be way to, worse. Who's to say we don't? Remember the guy who was calling them roasties in his advice letter? What do you think? You, you can get banned from Reddit for saying roasty. I don't even know what that is. I'm not going to say on the show here, but you okay, know, it's fine. not great. God, why, why are we terrible people with terrible listeners? I am a good person. You are a terrible person. That's, okay. a, that's the difference. No, you're okay. You could be worse. <laughs> you could be worse. Follow us on Instagram. That's, yeah, actually, that's, uh, actually, I will say I haven't really been in an unethical relationship. And neither have I. And that's my story. And I'm sticking to it. How many cafe lattes you given this one? Oh, right. Before we before we forget, cafe latte score. I'm gonna give this one seven cafe lattes. Uh, I'm giving it a nine. This is a nine for you. Yeah, because I got to see Fraser in his first toxic relationship, and I live for that. Mm. Okay. Well, here we go. We're we're coming up on an hour of of podcast here, so we better cruise out we better get out of here we better say what are you gonna say that horrible seattle sign off oh yes um let me look it up in my notes here go on out there and make it a great evening seattle oh it's not good not not good (laughs) show over